headlines about inflation is on the rise. On today's show, we're going to take a look at several investment strategies to fight back against inflation in your retirement plan. Discover retirement concepts you need to know. When you're hitting that magic age of 65, you need to really start to do your research. Learn how to navigate through economic uncertainty. And anybody can retire. It's whether you can stay retired. That is the real point. A successful retirement doesn't happen by accident. You deserve a secure, independent retirement. Welcome in to your retirement with Sam This is your retirement. I'm Chuck Caton, consumer advocate, and uh, it is once again uh, time to uh, visit with the fine folks at uh, Dual Financial Strategies with over 20 years of experience. Sam Dual is away this week, but we have Luke Van Abel, Andy Schooler with us here, and uh, uh, lady and gentleman, uh, you've seen the inflation headlines that Luke talked about before, and according to the Consumer Price Index, prices have risen 5% or more against the prior year. Uh, for at least the last three consecutive months. And in context, now the inflation the inflation rate between 2012 and 2020 never went above 2.9%. So uh, that higher inflation trend, of course, uh, we hope won't last forever. But even a temporary inflation spike will slow the growth of your retirement savings. That's for sure. And the effect can be both direct or indirect. And Luke and Andy are here right now to talk about both. What about it? Well, yeah, Chuck, when you talk about direct inflation, those are the types of things that are going to increase costs directly to business owners. Um, so oftentimes we'll see, you know, as the cost increases for business owners, then those trickle down to the customers. Um, but we also see that there's limits in earnings growth and stock appreciation. So that can have a, an effect too. So as companies are taking on less in the way of profits, um, earnings are going down, then of course that, that could pull stock prices down. And then on the other side of the coin, where we're looking at some of the indirect um, hits from inflation, that's where we're seeing the loss of purchasing power from your savings, from your investments. You know this intuitively, right? We see this, but you may not have you know, quantified the effects of it in the same way. So what does this look like in a practical sense? Well, if you have a, a 401k that has grown at, say, 10% per year, and inflation is 4% a year over that same period of time, then the, the purchasing power of your dollars is really only 6%. Plus 10 minus the four equals the 6%. So how are we gonna combat inflation risk in your portfolio? You need a plan to overcome this portion of the risk associated with your retirement plan. Absolutely, Luke. And Andy, it's very simple. Uh, I guess uh, save more than you think you need. I mean, you've gotta keep up with inflation somehow, even though it is temporary. Well, we hope it's temporary, <clears throat> and it's true. When the purchasing power of your dollar falls, you need more dollars in order to buy the same things that you were buying before. I talk often about food, clothing, and shelter. Those things are not going to change. You are always going to need food, clothing, and shelter. And so bottom line is, if you still need those things and they cost more dollars to buy them, that's inflation. So saving more dollars can give you a cushion in the interim 
<clears throat> to be able to still purchase the things that you need for your expected living expenses, which are probably going to be higher going on. The sooner you can increase those savings contributions, the more they can grow, the bigger the potential financial cushion you have going through retirement. And let's face it, <clears throat> we know that everyone can retire. The question is, can you stay retired? Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's the bottom line. And again, uh, once again, the major fear of many people listening to this program as they approach retirement is, will I run out of money? How can I prevent uh, from uh, running out of money? And I suppose there are a lot of ways to think about it, including investing in dividend-paying stocks. Right. So one strategy that's out there, and this isn't the, the only one that's there, um, as you go into retirement, you want to have a conversation with somebody that's knowledgeable on this area to determine what types of instruments are are the best fit for you. But one strategy, yes, Chuck, is to invest in dividend-paying stocks. Dividend-paying stocks deliver kind of this one-two punch against inflation. And what do I mean by that? Well, first of all, a dividend-paying stock, you can kind of think of that like a rental property, right? So you buy this stock, you buy this asset, and then it pays you to own it. That's what the dividend is. Um, and so one strategy could early on be to reinvest those dividends, to reinvest that rental income back into buying more shares when you don't need it yet, quite yet for retirement. Then once you retire, the right dividend stock should produce some retirement income. Instead of reinvesting those dividends, you can pull that money out and live on that money. Of course, realizing these benefits is dependent on the stocks you choose, right? So there's better stocks out there, there's more risky stocks out there, but you want to lean towards a higher quality, mature company that's been around for a long time that has shown a proven track record of, of providing stable dividends, maybe increasing dividends and cash flow and rising dividends over a period of time to ensure that you know, you're not taking on too much risk. Again, this is just one strategy for combating inflation. And that is a good idea, Luke. I think uh, it, you always have to be looking to combat inflation. We've not seen inflation like this, uh, Andy, in a long, long time, but we have to adapt to it. And uh, what is one of the strategies that you would recommend? Well, you could also potentially consider what's called a bucket strategy. Now, I, I say this with a grain of salt because Bucket strategy can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. So as you age, the usual approach to investing is to reduce your risk by considering or lowering your equity exposure. You've heard of the rule of 100. Not that I necessarily totally agree with it, but the rule of 100 states take your age away, of it away and when you have that difference, that's how much money is left in the equity side versus in what you would consider. Your age from 100. Right, right? your age from 100. So the higher your age gets, the lower exposure you have to equities. So I say that also with a grain of salt because it should, in fact, protect you against the stock market losses, which are of much greater concern, obviously, than the gains. But that's volatility in the market. And so as you're going along and moving through your potential pre-retirement, retirement years, you need to make sure that you are strategizing with someone who specializes in retirement specifically to make sure that you have the tools that you need to get you through retirement. One of those strategies could be the bucket strategy, which involves basically putting your money into different types of categories, short-term generally, a medium-term, or a long-term. 
And so when we think about these, what does that really look like? Short-term funds are generally going to be things that are in the bank, your cash accounts, your savings accounts, short-term CDs. Um, those are those are really, really things that don't produce or provide you with a great deal of interest, particularly right now, because it's you know maybe a tenth of a percent if you're doing good. Um, if you get into some of the CDs, you might be one or two percent. And if you're starting to look above a year or two years or three years, you're getting much further away from short-term funds and you start moving into your medium-term funds. Now, medium-term funds can, again, mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. So when we're talking about medium-term funds, these are going to be tools, again, that you can have access to, but don't really need to have access to because of your short-term monies. So you want to have, I don't know, some people go three, six months in, um, your expenses that you would have in your banking instruments that are not yielding you much in interest. And beyond that, then we start looking at these tools that you can have some liquidity in that's going to be um, stock market based generally. Um, and so you don't have any penalties for getting in and out of them. When you're looking at long-term funds, this is going to be a lot more dependent on what you can stomach, your risk tolerance or what your exposure. If you have questions about what your tolerances are, go to our website, dualstrategies.com. In the upper right-hand corner, you can go to Riskalyze. You can take, it's basically a five-minute little hot or cold is what I kind of consider it, test to see where you fall between zero and 100. Zero being most conservative, 100 being most aggressive in the stock market side. When you find your number then, that can give you a good benchmark to see where you actually are. How do you feel about money? And not just in terms of a percent, but also in dollars and cents. And that's also important, I believe, because so many things can be made to seem less than or greater than depending on how your numbers are being reported. So a great example is the news media, right? The stock market might fall 2% overall, but they might report it as an 800% or 800 point drop. The problem with that is that 800 sounds really scary. Right. But if you were to say, oh, it was a 2% down day, that's not necessarily as scary. But it is when you're talking about your dollars and cents. You need to have a not only a percentage, but a real dollar value so that you can say, okay, if I'm down 10%, if I'm up 10%, what does that actually mean in a dollar for dollar basis? So when we talk about long-term monies, knowing that risk tolerance allows you to be able to determine what is an appropriate long-term vehicle for you. Does that mean that you like to have something maybe a bit more, um, oh, non-liquid, but also provide income for the rest of your life. That could be a fixed index annuity. Um, we don't generally use variable annuities. That's just our personal preference, just because of the higher fees that are within them and the lack of transparency. So, so you could use a combination of stock market stuff as well as an annuity type fund in order to be able to derive whatever you're trying to achieve. Absolutely. Good advice there, Andy. And of course, the bottom line uh, with this, Luke, is that you can help with this to help fight back against inflation. Absolutely. I mean, inflation is working against our retirement savings and the efforts that you've done over your working career. But you can take control um, of this, of, of certain portions of it. We can't control the rise in inflation, but you can fight back. So one way you can do that is by saving more than you think you need. 
adding quality dividend paying stocks to your portfolio, something that's going to pay you, and also using the bucket strategy that Andy talked about to invest more aggressively in certain areas and less aggressively in other areas um, to ensure that you've got your proper um, pieces of the puzzle going on. Absolutely. And the way you can do this very simply, ladies and gentlemen, is to give uh, Luke or Andy or Sam a call at Dual Financial Strategies, and uh, they will construct for you a retirement lifestyle review. And what will this encompass? Well, they'll sit down with you, uh, talk about your dreams, your aspirations. Uh, what do you want to spend in retirement? What do you want to do in retirement? And all of that is uh, uh, all put together with your input because they've got your best interest in mind. And the way to reach them is at 866 2 that's 866-203-7486. And remember that Sam Duell has put together a book that he, I think, will graciously give you when you make that no-cost, no-obligation appointment to meet with them. A Purpose Determines Placement. That's the book, and it's that retirement lifestyle review that will help you uh, sift through retirement, whether you're a pre-retiree or a uh, retiree and want that second opinion Get it from either Sam or Andy or Luke at Dual Financial Strategies at 866-203-7486. Well, we've got to take a break here. What's coming up next? We spend years building up the balance inside of our 401k, but what happens after we retire? On today's show, we'll dig into how a 401k works after retirement. This is your retirement, and it is certainly individual for you. I'm Chuck Caton, and uh, importantly, and importantly, we talk to uh, both uh, Andy Schooler and Luke Van Abel, uh, who are with us here from Dual Financial Strategies, where you can be uh, reaching them to make that appointment to discuss your retirement, because they've got your best interest in mind, at 866-203-7486. Well, as Luke said before the break, savings easy, and then what do you do? Well, there's plenty of decisions you have to make going into retirement. We've talked, we covered in that first segment, talking about the importance of trying to stay in ahead of inflation. But uh, one of the things uh, we have to consider is what to do with your 401k. You're working, you're heading into your retirement red zone, maybe the last four years of your employment. Uh, you've got some choices here to what to do when you do decide to retire. And those depend on factors like your age when you retire and what rules the company has regarding your 401k. So let's go through some of these options here. And who wants to tackle the first one? We talk about qualified distributions. Yes, qualified distribution. So when we're talking about 401ks, when we're talking about IRAs, 403bs, 457s, all those types of plans, they have a set of rules when it comes to taking distributions from them. You have to be 59 and a half years old to take a distribution and not have to pay that 10% early withdrawal penalty. So if you're under the age of 59 and a half and you retire and you need a place to pull money from, Generally, not a good idea to pull it from these qualified plans. 10%, again, for the federal penalty. Here in the state of Wisconsin, there is also a three and a third penalty for the state. So depending on your company rules, you may elect to take regular distributions in the form of an annuity or a fixed period of time over a lifetime, 
or some sort of lump sum from your investment inside of that 401k. But the magic number, if you're retiring after age 59 and a half, that's the magic number where you can start taking distributions without paying that penalty. However, keep in mind, you haven't paid any taxes on those monies. So any dollars that flow out, you're going to pay some taxes on. You want to plan for that too. Yeah, you do have to plan for that because, again, we mentioned this so many times before, uh, Luke and Andy, that, you know, you don't own your own retirement amount. You've got a partner in Uncle Sam. You've got another partner in the state of Wisconsin. But uh, when you want to retire early, possibly, uh, that could be, Andy, something you might consider. Early money. What's the age of 55 rule all about? Well, if you retire or lose your job, prior to age 59 and so at age 55 is when you can avoid the 10% early withdrawal penalty for taking money out of your 401k if it stays within your 401k plan. So what I mean by that is generally people take the option of rolling out their 401k or 403b or 457 into their own individual IRA that's held outside of what used to be their 401k. But if you do that, then the rule applies that Luke was talking about with you have early withdrawal penalties um, from both the feds and the state if you do that. The caveat to that is if you were to leave it in your 401k plan, you would then be able to pull money out of it without the penalty there. You are just incredibly limited on the choices that you have within that plan, i.e. the company partners with a third-party administrator. They only allow the list that they allow, and you don't have the ability to invest that any differently. So it stays in the company, and as long as the market is generally doing fine, they're usually mutual funds. As long as the market's doing good, your your plans generally do good. On the flip side, if the market goes down, you can sustain some substantial losses because you don't have the ability to, other than going to a cash position, you don't have the ability to go anywhere and out into the world of investments. So just be cautious there. And an important distinction for this um, early money and 55 rule is it has to be your your current 401k plan. So if you've Uh, left a company years ago um, and you're no longer there in 55, it doesn't apply there. Yeah, that's, that's a very important caveat. And, of course, we're talking here uh, with both Andy Schooler and Luke Van Abel about decisions you have to make going into retirement about your 401k plan, things you may or may not have uh, realized you can do or things you should consider. And if you want some advice on this, obviously pick up that phone and call Dual Financial Strategies at 866-203-7486. And they can uh, discern this and um, kind of pick it apart and uh, give you the explanation on all of this. But what about uh, those people that don't want to do anything? They want to let that money lie there. You certainly can do that as well with your 401k, right? You can. So if you're you're no longer working and you just want to let it sit, maybe you don't need to take distributions yet. You're not required to take any distributions um, from your account until later on. We'll talk later about required distributions. But if you're under the age of 72 and you're retired, you don't need to to take any money out of there. So it can sit in inside of that plan. Every company's a little bit different in what they'll do. Um, sometimes they will They'll send you a letter stating that the funds can stay. Sometimes they'll send you a letter or multiple letters stating that we kind of request that you move on and and put this into your own retirement account. Um, There is also a a limit usually. Um, If you have less than $5,000 invested inside of your 401k, 
typically that's going to trigger some sort of lump sum distribution where they'll pay that out to you. Um, you want to be mindful again of the taxes on that because any lump sum distribution, of course, is going to be taxable income to you. But you have the option to keep the funds there. And of course, the reason for that, Luke, obviously, is they don't want to uh, do the administration on such a small amount of money. They're not going to make enough money on it to do it, so they just spit it back out to you. And you got to worry about that, right? right? You, nobody needs an extra $5,000 of provisional income to pay taxes on it when they don't expect it, I guess. All right. right. You, yeah, you, ta- you touched on this before. And uh, again, when you reach that uh, tender age of 72, it used to be 70 and a half. But over the circumstances that we've had over the last 18 months, it's now been moved up to 72, and those are those required minimum distributions. This is where you have to take your money out, right, Andy? Correct. So remember, when you start your 401k, if it is not a Roth IRA and it is a traditional 401k, you have basically partnered up with the IRS and the feds to say that at some point in time, you are going to be taxed on this money and they are very serious about getting that money. If you don't take out your required minimum distribution when you turn 70 and two now, um, there's a 50% penalty on whatever you were going to take out. So not only will you have to pay the taxes, but then 50% will go back to the feds as well um, for that penalty. So they're very serious about getting their money. It is important that you take that into account as you're saving money and then going into retirement. And we always talk about taxes when it comes to this. So just be mindful that you're working with someone who takes that into account with you in the planning process of your retirement. Because if you are not talking about taxes, this is something that you can actually plan for. So we want to make sure that as we're moving through or moving toward your retirement, that taxes come up because your required minimum distributions get bigger and bigger and bigger every year, even if you have technically less dollars and cents coming out. So just be mindful that um, taxes as well as your required minimum distributions are two key components that you need to be thinking about when you're planning your retirement. Okay, one quick question. I know our listeners are probably thinking, okay, I'm going to turn 72 in 2021 later this year or maybe even early 2022. So give us the parameters of when they have to draw that money out. Is there a a calendar uh, time that they have to consider? Yeah, good question. April 1st is the deadline. So we need to make sure that you you have taken that. So if you turn 72 in June of this year, that that distribution has to be taken out before April 1st of next year. So <clears throat> I don't know why they don't do it on January to December, but they never have done anything quite logical. So I'm not thinking they're going to start now. So yes, it is April 1st. Most people, when they turn 72, take the money out and that way you're done and it's clean and you don't have to worry about it. All right, Luke, what if you want to continue to build your 401k? Are you allowed to do that? Well, it does become challenging, Chuck. Yeah. So once you're no longer working for the company, maybe where your 401k is, if you want to continue to make contributions, you're not really going to be able to do that. So this is one reason uh, that uh, many people will elect to roll over that 401k to an IRA. Because once it's in an IRA, if you yourself, you the individual that just retired, maybe have some part-time income, um, because you do need in you need earned income in order to contribute to an IRA. Um, or maybe you have a spouse that's still working that would like to contribute on your behalf, then you're eligible to contribute and continue to grow those funds for retirement while maybe you don't need them. One of the other advantages um, in in building funds for retirement in rolling over funds to an IRA is that you have much more in the way of investment options. 
So within that company, and Andy hit on this before, you're probably going to have a dozen, two dozen, maybe three dozen different investment choices depending on the company you work for. But once you're retired and you decide to roll that money into the IRA to, to make further contributions, you can also, you know, the investment world completely opens up to you. So now you have, you know, thousands and tens of thousands of different investment choices that can be used to um, pinpoint and help you reach your goals for retirement so that you can achieve what you're looking to. Absolutely. For your retirement years. That's right. That's great advice there because uh, what you always want to do is maximize uh, your retirement and rolling it over, rolling your 401. There's no reason to leave it in a 401k. Rolling it over in an IRA is a very sensible thing. So what's the bottom line? Bottom line is there are rules always about controlling what you do with your 401k after retirement, and they can be kind of complicated. They're shaped by both the IRS and by the company that set up the plan. So generally your employer along with a third party administrator. So it's important to consult with that administrator for details regarding those monies, as well as an outside financial advisor so that you can make sure that you are making good decisions for your family. And the best way to make those decisions is to consult with Dual Financial Strategies. Either Andy or Luke or Sam Dual himself, they will construct a retirement lifestyle review for you. And the easiest way to do this, no cost, no obligation for all of our listeners who uh, listen to this program each week, give them a call at uh, 866-203-7486, and you'll be able to talk to either Sam or Andy or Luke and uh, discuss your uh, future retirement and what you want to do in retirement because they can construct that retirement plan by doing your lifestyle review. Maybe you want to travel a lot. Maybe you uh, want to buy a second home. Uh, you want to uh, just check out everything you have in your uh, your purse, so to speak, your retirement purse. Uh, can you do these things? And with the right consultation that you will get uh, from dual financial strategies that will make your retirement a lot easier. So once again, give them a call. No cost, no obligation. Pick up that phone right now and dial 866-203-7486 to make that appointment uh, with either Sam or Andy or Luke, and they'll help you to and through retirement. All right, we've got to take a break. What's coming up next? Sometimes we have to face things head on. Long-term care is one of them. When we come back, we'll highlight some of the innovative alternatives to long-term care insurance. going to talk about something extremely important, so we must listen closely. And uh, I'm Chuck Caton to tell you that I uh, am here uh, for Dual Financial Strategies uh, with uh, Andy Schooler and Luke Van Abel, and uh, we are going to talk a little bit about that elephant in the room. Uh, it is very important when you're talking about retirement planning, long-term health care, long-term care insurance. Well, uh, you may have been sold a bill of goods by others. But it's not for everyone, and I think uh, uh, the good news is that there are alternatives to this, and uh, that's what uh, the people at Dual Financial Strategies are all about, to educate you on this, because typically women need long-term care a bit longer, almost four years on average longer, than men, 3.7 to 2.2 
I'm all about scores, and I don't like that score being a, a male, Andy, I can tell you that. Uh, but uh, the ladies have the, uh, the lead when it comes to living longer, but needing health care longer. And about a third of people who are 65 might not even need uh, long-term care, and about 20% will need it longer than five years. So uh, the question is, are you prepared? And that uh, is a question I'm sure you run into with a, a lot of folks you deal with. I was just going to say, you know, we we do. And then it's about 7 out of 10 people are going to need some sort of long-term care. About slightly more than 8 million Americans actually have long-term insurance policies, according to the American Association for Long-Term Care Insurance. So that means that despite the long-term care risks, most Americans are finding alternatives. So it's important that you look at some of those things. Yeah, it's really important. And I can tell you that, uh, you know, I don't like to always talk about what I do uh, in retirement because I... Uh, I have the benefit of consultation, like yourselves, who uh, have sold me on an issue that I didn't even realize was uh, a vehicle, an instrument that I could do, uh, Luke, and that is a life insurance policy that has a long-term care rider, because that, uh, uh, to my recollection, was not even uh, offered 10 or 15 years ago, or even maybe even five years ago, right? Right. I mean, they are creating all sorts of different tools out there um, and ways to address this big elephant in the room because care costs, as we all know, are are just climbing at astronomical rates. We talked about inflation earlier. Long-term care is the fastest growing, fastest inflating item right now. And if you need, I had a client in this week and they had um, care costs that exceeded $10,000 a month for full-fledged nursing care. So one of the solutions, Chuck, is life insurance with a long-term care rider. That rider is just an additional benefit that would provide um, payments for long-term care if you meet the criteria. So in addition to the traditional benefits of life insurance where you've got a death benefit associated with that, you also have the benefit of being able to pull money out should you need it while you're living for long-term care costs. Right, and that comes from your death benefit as it is. So it's very different than a traditional long-term care policy, which you pay premium, pay premium, pay premium, and you will pay premium forever. And even if you don't use it, that goes away. So you you don't have anything left on that traditional policy where these <clears throat> excuse me, new hybrid policies actually allow you to get a portion of your death benefit ahead of actually passing away. So when we go into these things, we have to address the fact of whether or not you are looking for a death benefit to leave to your beneficiaries or a the ability to have either a death benefit or be able to use a portion of that death benefit for the costs associated with long-term care, which is triggered by not being able to do two of your activities of daily living. So, so again, going in and getting some education about what tools are available is incredibly important because these hybrid policies can be far, far easier to qualify for as well as they cannot increase your premium, which we find oftentimes in the traditional long-term care plans that people are coming to us saying, I just got a 46% increase in my premium and can't hardly afford to pay for this thing and don't know if they're actually going to end up using it. So 
again, it's it it is very important. Now, Chuck, you do have an, a slight advantage in this process because you are married, and so being married, according to the studies that the insurance companies have done, um, you should live longer, <laughs> and you have your wife to help take care of you should you need it. It is important, more important in some cases, for her to have long term care because we know that women do live longer, and and oftentimes we don't want to be a burden to our children or family members in order to take care of us. Yeah, I was going to say, Andy, that's a good point. Uh, the, the point of uh, assuaging and uh, kind of relieving the, your kids from having to take care of you in that situation. And uh, so yes. it's great to see that policy come along. So, all right, tell me, who wants to tackle this one? What's an asset-based, uh, an asset-based policy? What I was sharing there was an asset-based policy is actually a hybrid of life insurance and long-term care insurance. So you need to have some cash on hand to fund an asset-based policy, but some of the policies typically allow you to avoid some of the problems with those traditional plans. We just had a couple that came in not too long ago as, as clients, and they're dealing with a traditional policy for their father, and the traditional policy, the insurance company that was providing that policy, was making it so incredibly difficult for them to turn that um, long-term care plan on so that he could get payments out of that, which he's been paying premiums for essentially since he retired and was in his 90s now. So you can well imagine that it's probably been 20 plus years that he's paid premium. And the insurance company was denying that he needed the care, even though he had moved into an assisted living facility and needed help with his pills and needed help with some of those activities of daily living, they were still denying it and they had to fight and get an appeal through. So understanding those policies that are out there, what's available to you, how you qualify for it, whether it's a mortality or a morbidity policy, um, and some of the benefits that come along with these hybrid policies are a lot more flexibility. So it's not just a death benefit policy. There in some cases may even be um, policies that will return a portion or all of your premiums that you've paid into it. Um, but again, if you if something happens and you get into a car wreck and unfortunately pass away, then your beneficiaries would be left with a death benefit, which you wouldn't have on a traditional long-term care policy. Um, but again, if you needed it for long-term care, then you could turn that on and whatever portion of the death benefit is left over would then go onto your beneficiaries tax-free, probate-free. Keep in mind with those traditional plans, um, we kind of call those use or lose, right? It's kind of like our auto yep. insurance. Yep. So if, if we don't use our auto insurance, we still pay the premium to have the benefit there. But what Andy's talking about is having something that's going to provide a benefit no matter what. Because I think that's one of people's biggest concerns, that 30% that don't need you know, long-term care right. are thinking, well, gosh, if I pour all this money into this and I get no benefit out of it, there's other solutions today where you get the money back out of it. Absolutely. And if you want to know all about this, all you have to do is give them a call here at Dual Financial Strategies because it is important to know all the different vehicles that you can use for long-term care, 866-203-7486. Another vehicle is an annuity. Tell us about that. Yeah, if you invest a large lump sum amount into what we would call an immediate annuity, which would provide and turn around and provide you a stream of income or payments monthly, you could use that money to cover your long-term care costs. So essentially you're, you're self-insuring in a way, but you've got it set up so that you've got a guaranteed income stream um, that you're never going to sort of outlive. So the amount of payments depends on many different factors, including your age, you know, your health right now, how much you paid in, but also keep in mind the amount you receive 
may not be enough to cover all of your expenses as we've seen the care costs increase so much. All right, now we're going to talk about a short percentage of people. I'm not sure how many people out there can save enough money for uh, financing their own long-term care, but that's also a possibility, right, Andy? It is potentially an option for you. Um, The thing about saving or having a large nest egg that's significant enough to cover the costs associated with long-term care is it depends on what you're trying to provide for your care as well as what type of money do you want to leave behind for your your family and your loved ones. So when we're looking at these different options, remember that sure, you can absolutely pay from what used to be your 401k, which is most people's largest um, asset. And so if you're pulling money out of that, then you have to take taxes out. If you have to take taxes out, then you're going to have to take out more money potentially to pay the taxes, plus have enough to take care of your expenses associated with that. Maybe you are one of the fortunate people that still have a pension. Thankfully, if you still have a pension, you could use that because that's a guaranteed payment plan. Depending on how you've set that up, it would go on for your lifetime or yours and your spouse's lifetimes. So again, it just depends on how much that pension is, how much your nest egg is as to whether it makes sense to consider self-pay. Perfect example, I have a great aunt. um, Before she passed away, she had a stroke and wasn't found for 24 hours, and she ended up living in long-term care for nine years. On the flip side, the average stay for most people is under 36 months. So so just remember that um, if you're planning on paying yourself it may be advantageous to put somebody else's dollars and cents on the line first or to leverage some of those tools, maybe take money that you have to pay taxes out of your 401k or now IRA and use that to fund a policy that might leave your beneficiaries with tax-free probate-free money or to put that insurance company's money on the line instead of your money on the line so that your money can continue to work for you. So talk to somebody who understands these things. It's it's really important that you have someone on your side um, that can help you weed through and sift through the taxes, the costs associated with long-term care, the you know investment tools that are available to you, and make sure they're working for you as a fiduciary. Absolutely, Andy. That's great advice. Uh, otherwise, uh, Luke, uh, your family and friends will have to pay uh, family first, probably, if you burn through all your savings, and we don't want anybody to do that. Right. If you if you burn through, you decide to just kind of self-insure and have to pay money out of your assets and you're spending down, you know, 50 to $100,000 a year after you burn through that money. Now we've got to get spouses involved. We might have to get kids involved. And are you comfortable in wanting to do that? Maybe it's your only option. But if you don't want that option, then there's some other tools that you can look at. Absolutely. And Luke and Andy are at your service, along with Sam at uh, Dual Financial Strategies, to talk about all of this, because that's part of that retirement lifestyle review that they will perform for you when you call 866-203-7486. No cost, no obligation. Make the appointment right now as you're listening to us to talk about long-term care. This is something, this is like the elephant in the room. Nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody thinks they're going to need it. We just gave you statistics about 10 minutes 
minutes ago about how a portion of you may need that, and there's ways to do it uh, with uh, different uh, life insurance instruments today. So once again, give them a call at Dual Financial Strategies at uh, 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486. Sam, Andy, Luke will all be at your service to help you to and through retirement with all those little sticky things that uh, uh, you may not have thought about when they sit down and consult with you. All right, it's question and answer time. What's coming up next? When we come back, it's questions from our listeners. You don't want to miss that. We're back with our final segment here on Your Retirement. I'm Chuck Caton. Glad to have you with us here in the Fox Valley, along now with Luke Van Abel, who is going to be answering questions. Sam's on assignment. Andy is as well for this particular segment. But Luke, you're ready to tackle these questions, aren't you? I am. All right, let's go to this James. This is our favorite part of the segment. Absolutely, this is the favorite part of our segment. And uh, we'll go to Darboy, and Jane is there. And she said, I called the Social Security office, and they want to argue that I cannot suspend my Social Security retirement benefits. Now, I started taking benefits at 62, and I've already reached my full retirement age at 66 in two months. So how do I get past that bureaucracy? Uh, thank you very much. Yes, Jane, great question. Um, sorry you're having to go through this, but there's a lot of people actually that are reporting getting the same misinformation that you are. Um, so it sounds like there might be a problem with training or hiring problem at the Social Security office. But essentially, um, just so all of our listeners can better understand, what what's going on here is Jane is um, looking to, she started her social security benefits. She's now saying she'd like to su suspend them now that she's full retirement age, which she can do. Is the, the magic here is that she reaches her full retirement age. Once she does that, she can say, I want to turn off my payments, which will allow a delayed retirement credit going forward, meaning her payment will grow over time. So that could be smart if you're in a situation, Jane, where you, you know, you aren't going to need money. If anybody else is dependent on or drawing some sort of spousal benefit or family benefit, that also gets turned off. So that's something that needs to be kept in mind here um, as there could be other implications for other family members. Um, the situation is much different, though, if you are not quite um, full retirement age, which, Jane, I know you are, but for our other listeners, if you say turn your Social Security on at 62 and now you're 64, Maybe you come into a windfall of additional money and you think, hey, I'd really like my Social Security to grow. Once you're outside of that 12-month window, the first 12 months from when you started your Social Security payment, you can no longer turn your Social Security payment off and pay the benefit back. If you're within that first 12 months, you can pay back all the benefits that you were owed and, yes, shut it off and continue to let your payment grow. But for your situation, Jane, um, you're just going to have to be a little bit patient. Um, if you're going, if you're maybe calling in, maybe you want to go go in and check one of the offices or vice versa to to try to get somebody who's aware of these rules that you can, in fact, now that you're full retirement age, 
turn your social security off and have that payment grow. Yeah. Uh, normally we'd want you to talk to a human being, which I always advocate when you're talking to uh, governmental entities, but there is also one other way before we get to Martin and Bellevue. Uh, you can go to ssa.gov slash benefits slash retirement slash planners slash claiming dot html. If you've got all of that, you can go and your computer savvy. Maybe the questions will be answered that way too. But I, I think you're like me, Luke. You, you want to talk to a a person and uh, the right person. Right. If you're getting the wrong information, get somebody on the phone that knows what they're talking about. That's uh, what we would advise. All right, let's go to Martin in Bellevue now, who says I've been in the same stocks since 1981, 40 years now, and I've been very protected. Uh, I've been very protective of them uh, since I've watched them rise and fall over the four decades. Uh, uh, some people have sports teams. I've got stocks, and a few of them have been having a rough go uh, for years. But every time I think about selling shares, I cringe because uh, they're like family. Now, is it okay to let go as a loss and not to feel like that? I'm 68, planning to retire next year. Boy, this is a unique one, isn't it? It is a unique question. Um, and and one of the biggest challenges we face as investors is our emotional connection to the money, to investments over time. And yes, my encouragement, Martin, for you would be to explore alternatives out there. Maybe the strategy worked for a time. Maybe owning these individual stocks has worked. But it sounds like not knowing the whole picture, not seeing sort of your statement, which would be helpful, um, that you're starting to question the strategy. You've you've owned these for 40 years now, and they're not performing maybe to your liking. These are company companies that you've become attached to in some way, but we really have to remove the emotion as much as we can. And that's, that's one thing that we do at Dual Financial Strategies. As much as possible, we're able to remove that emotion out of the scenario because the things that are driving the returns in the market are not our emotions, right? The stock market doesn't care what we think or what effect it's having on our retirement or anything else for that matter. Fundamentals, earnings, all these sort of economic conditions are what really drives returns. So yes, I would encourage you to have a discussion with a financial planner if you're looking for assistance and explore alternative options that can be available to still provide you with some diversification, but also helping to protect yourself and that, that hard-earned money that you have senior 68 and you want that money to last as long as possible. All right. Uh, that financial planner should be dual financial strategies too, because they've got your best interest in mind in retirement and any of these naughty problems, so to speak, of retirement or investment income and preparing for retirement. 866-203-7486 is the way you can reach Luke or Andy or Sam at Dual Financial Strategies. Let's go to Green Bay now, and Mara is there, who's got a mother who's 79 and doesn't have any tolerance for risk uh, with her nest egg. So uh, she's got more income that she'll ever need because of my dad's military pension that she's now getting. Uh, now I'm considering an annuity for her, not because she'll need the income, but as a way to protect the principal. Is this a good idea or not? Mara, you're you're asking some of the right questions. You've given us a lot of information here in in this question, knowing that your mom is is not tolerant of anything in the way of risk. She doesn't really need this money. And if her concern is 
protecting that principle, the amount that she's put into there. And she's not really looking for, you know, huge home runs in the way of returns at this point because, you know, she's 79 now. An annuity could be the right tool for her. You want to have addition, additional discussions about that with us. Would love to have that conversation with you. Keep in mind there are different types of annuities out there. You know, you've got your, the two major types are, are variable and fixed. And that variable annuity, um, while it does fall under the annuity company's wrapper, it is it has more inherent risks just by the just by the terminology. And so that variable piece just means that it can fluctuate up and down and probably not going to be the right solution here because she's looking for prin- principal protection. But you can look for some sort of fixed option where her principal is going to be protected and she can have the opportunity to participate or have that account grow over time um could be could be nice sometimes but at worst if we if there's a time period where the market is not doing well she would not lose any money from the market so yes i think it would be a good idea to explore that um, find an independent practice like us come see us and we can talk about many different companies and different solutions for that type of money to protect protect your mom. All right, let's go to our final inquisitor, and it's Barbara in Greenville, who's retiring from the federal government next year. In other words, 2022, and uh, husband's retiring at the same time. Our savings are comprised of a, a thrift savings plan, a 403B and a 401K, and we've also shared money outside our workplace savings in Roth retirement accounts, taxable investment accounts, and taxable mutual funds. Lots of different investments there. So uh, uh, Barbara wants to know, uh, who should I consult to ensure that my drawdown strategy is optimized to minimize taxes? Great question, Barbara. I think you want to get a, a few people involved. So at Dual Financial Strategies, we talk a lot about taxes. We talk a lot about income planning. And I think starting with a, a firm in a place like us would be a great place to start because we want to get an idea of the big overall picture. How much money do, are we talking in these qualified accounts that are going to be subjected to taxes? Uh, because there's kind of a there's kind of an optimal amount there if we want to reduce taxes. Once you go over those thresholds, it becomes more challenging, and we have to look at other strategies. Of course, on a on an annualized level, we also want to get maybe the tax preparer, maybe that's you, or maybe you have a professional that helps you plan for your taxes. We also want to work closely with them to ensure that you're not paying more than your fair share so that we can start to strategize which places, how much, um, because once you reach that magical age of 72, as we talked about all the time with having to take that required distribution, now you're being forced to take money out of these plans and you don't have as much flexibility. So the, the sooner we can have these discussions, the better so we can plan and reduce the burden on on taxes going into retirement. Absolutely. And the best way to do it, once again, is to call 866-203-7486. It's the uh, fine folks at Dual Financial Strategies, where they will construct a uh, retirement lifestyle review for you. Remember, they're independent. They've got your best interest in mind. Uh, Whether it's uh, Luke you deal with, or Sam, or Andy, it's your retirement. And this is what's so important. Once again, to get that uh, consultation that you need, 
need, and we've had wonderful questions here today on this show. But if you've got some questions you want answered and you're heading toward retirement in the next few years, or maybe you're in retirement and want that second opinion, uh, you'll get it at no cost, no obligation from Dual Financial Strategies by calling 866-203-7486. Don't delay. Make that phone call right now to make your appointment. Again, no cost, no obligation. Find out where you are, where you want to go, and uh, the fine folks at Dual Financial Strategies with over 20 years of experience will help you uh, discern all that and uh, dissect your uh, retirement strategies and needs. That's 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486. Well, Luke, uh, you've... uh, done well in the question and answer segment. I think our listeners have learned a lot from those questions and from the entire show. And now what are your final thoughts this week? Just wanted to thank you for listening. Thank you for sending in your questions. Look forward to talking to you soon so we can talk about your situation, your goals, and your dreams for your retirement. Investment advisory services offered through Dual Financial Strategies, LLC, a Wisconsin registered investment advisor. Dual Financial Strategies does not provide legal or tax advice. Investment advisor representatives of Dual Financial Strategies may only conduct business with residents of the states and jurisdictions in which they are properly registered. Insurance and annuity products are sold through Dual Financial Strategies.